Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. LiquidChurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. I remember the most uh, incredible sunrise I've ever witnessed. It was actually this past spring. Uh, Colleen and I were celebrating our 10th anniversary and we were uh, in Mexico. And uh, I got up early one morning, which is unusual when you're on vacation, but we were used to the kids, and so I woke up, and it was around 5.30, and, and I snuck out of our, our little cabana, hacienda, whatever you call it there, uh, towards the gulf, and it was an amazing moment, because it was like this orange ball literally began peaking over this endless expanse of, of turquoise water, and it was just, I was the only one on the beach, it was just breathtaking. It's, it's, it's one of those moments I'd like to freeze, if I could. Just hold on to that moment. We all have moments like that. Memories, highlights of our best moment that we'd like to stop the clock and kind of freeze forever if it were possible. At the same time, we all have moments, memories, we'd like to forget. I think of another morning seven years ago, in fact, this this week, same blue sky and another orange ball rising against the autumn sky in Manhattan. You remember where you were that morning? Colleen, my wife, was actually working in Midtown uh, at the time, right in, right in the heart of the city, and I was actually getting my tires replaced at this gas station. And I remember standing at the service counter and seeing it all unfold on this tiny little screen behind the guy and, and, and the first ball of fire from Tower 1 and, and then 2. And in that moment, it was like in that little gas station waiting rooms like everything faded away and all these strangers we were like huddled and transfixed around this tiny tv in a gas station waiting and realized everything just changed forever and it was we were breathless and and it's like beauty and tragedy mountaintop experiences and moments of horror each one a part of God's story. I'm Pastor Tim, and uh, I'm glad that you're here today. And I wanted to begin by just acknowledging a truth that none of us really like to talk about, but it's this. Pain and loss are a central part of the story of God. And the degree to which you're willing to acknowledge that and actually lean into that and come to terms with that will actually determine your ability to actually turn a page maybe in in your life this fall in both your relationship with God and with others in your life. Let me show you exactly what I'm talking about. If you would take God's story, we put one a copy on everybody's chair there, your Bible, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. It's on page 682. And we'll look at verse 21 there, but... Suffice to say, as the events were set in motion that were leading to the crucifixion of Jesus, he he actually called his, his followers aside, and he began telling them what was about to happen. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers, and that he must be killed. And on the third day, 
be raised to life. And, and, and you get the pictures that for three years he's been traveling with these guys. It's been amazing. God in the flesh. And we're learning so much and we're growing. And isn't it great? God's presence in my life. And then he says, we're about to turn a page. And I'm going to suffer. And I'm actually going to be taken from you. And look at verse 22, the response. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. So in other words, Jesus makes very clear. He says, I'm going to tell you about a deeper theme now and what God, my father's doing. Suffering and loss are going to be my father's chosen path to new life. And yet, what's the reaction of Peter? Never! <laughs> Gotta love Peter's passion, right? He resists. The text actually says he rebukes Jesus. <laughs> One of the versions says, God save you from these things, or these things will never happen to you. And those of you who ever suffered a loss, or you're coming up on a change in your life, you know exactly what that, that's like. Maybe it's not as big as 9-11, but it's significant. Maybe you've gone through a loss of health, or a loss of a, a, a relationship loss of a job, or, or just change. Change of jobs, change school, families, friends. And the interesting thing is that by default, humans, we all seem hardwired to view all change and all loss as very, very bad. <laughs> Something to be resisted at all costs. I don't want to accept what's coming. I don't want to accept this new thing that's before me because it seems painful. And by our human nature, we want to kind of preserve our comfort. But if you spend time with Jesus, you quickly start realizing it's actually not the way of the kingdom of God. Look at Jesus, what he says in verse 23. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a, you're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. You're looking at this through the wrong lens. And then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For, let's read this together, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. Loss. Losing something that's very precious to you. This is the first mention, actually, of the cross by Jesus to his followers, saying, this is the path that my fathers laid out before me. And it is only through pain and loss and suffering that I will be able to guide you on the pathway to new and eternal life. It's one of the operating principles of the kingdom of God. If we want to find new life, we have to be willing to let go and lose something that's precious to us. That was the theme of our study in Haggai this summer. We saw that the people in the Old Testament had to actually give up their personal projects to build this new temple. And, and God actually called them. He said, I want you to turn a page. And many of them, chapter 2, and many of them resisted. In fact, when they laid the foundation of that new temple, there were two completely opposite reactions amongst the people. You remember this? Half of them cheered and celebrated. Woo! Something new. And half of them did what? They wept and they cried because they couldn't let go. Because a new temple didn't... It, it wasn't the same as the original. Solomon's was big and magnificent and beautiful. And they got stuck. They actually got stuck thinking about the good old days. Yeah, but it was so much better. And they could not embrace the new thing that God was doing because the only lens they could view it through was the lens of loss and pain. But God said, I'm going to do a brand new thing. Not the same thing, but something entirely different and better. I'm going to fill this place with a greater glory. Not a symbol of the presence of God, but actually my son, God himself in the flesh, 
And 500 years later, Jesus Christ would walk on that foundation those people laid. But that's what the benefit of foresight. The truth is we tend to to watch life by looking in the rear view. (laughs) And when we see change or loss is on the horizons, we typically do one of two things. We resist it like Peter, right? Never! Work against it, try to control it, resist it, deny or even minimize it. Or we grieve it and actually become overcome with in sadness, blanketed with grief or, or tears. Resist or despair. I don't know what changes or transition you're facing this fall, but either way, that's a pretty heavy way to go through life's transitions. Either trying to control them or being crushed by them. I want you to think about a current change or transition maybe you're navigating this fall. How do you, how do you really see that? I mean, because most of us, most of us think, you know, well, change equals loss equals pain. Therefore, change is bad, which is why Jesus, he's like trying, he's like, he's like, I want to open up your perspective here in Matthew to the reality that pain and loss are actually a central part of God's story. In fact, are the pathway, the on-ramp to new life. Did you ever notice this? Whenever you have a mountaintop experience in our life, our human impulse is to preserve it and keep it as is forever. Ever notice that when you have a mountaintop experience? Look at this. Just look below. Would you look at the next chapter, chapter 17? You don't even have to turn the page. Look what happens next. It says in verse 1 of chapter 17, it says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. And just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. I mean, you talk about a a literal mountaintop experience, right? (laughs) I mean, this is like the spiritual highlight of his followers' lives. It's like all of a sudden, there's this biblical all-star team that appears. It's Moses, right? And the most revered Old Testament leader. There's all of a sudden, Elijah's there now before his father, the famous prophet. And then there's Jesus, the son of God. I mean, incredible experience. If you were a follower of Jesus, this is your mountaintop experience, literally. And what's Peter's natural reaction? Look at verse 4. Peter said to them, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And if you wish, I will put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. In other words, let's pitch a tent. We could live here forever. Make a camp, build shelters. We'll never have to leave. We can stay in this moment forever. You ever have a moment in your life that you wish you could just... Pause, stop the clock, and preserve that season. You ever have that? What was a mountaintop season in your life? Maybe it was in college, or you know, a relationship you wished you could go on forever, but now it's gone. Or when you were, you were first married, I saw a couple, they've been married six months, they go, how's it going? They go, well, the honeymoon's over. Yeah, I know. Or when your kids were at home and now they're gone they're, or they're grown up or at college and, and you wish you could go back to those days of your home when it was, your home was filled with noise and activity and life, but you can't. You want to freeze it. We had that like a couple of weeks ago. We're on vacation in Ocean City. I'm with the, our kids and, and, and my parents are there. They're grandparents. And my little kids were, you know, it's one of those magical like Jersey Shore nights because we're on the boardwalk and we're doing the rides and the teacups and they're eating cotton candy and buying like hermit crabs to torture. And, and, and my mom... She grabs my arm. We're kind of like off the side. She grabs my arm. She goes, don't you just wish you could freeze them right here at, at this age? That this moment could go on forever. What was your 
your moment or your season. It was a job that maybe was fulfilling or fun. You looked forward to going every day. Now it's either changed or you're at a different one, and it's not the same. And you wish you could go back. It was so good if we could have pitched a tent and just lived there. And of course, Jesus' response to Peter, he's like, he's like, no, 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 no. We're not here to build a monument to this moment. This is a mountaintop experience, but we can't live here forever. There's more to life than this moment we've shared. And I know the future seems uncertain. In fact, the impending loss of me from your life physically right here is great. And it will be different going forward. But I'm promising you something. It will be better. Look at verse 5. It says, While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, They fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. What? Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And again, you realize he was leading them into a deeper truth, letting them in on a secret. As good as this moment is, We can't stay here forever because tomorrow, this moment will be the past and we're moving ahead to the future, to something new that your Father in Heaven is doing and it's more glorious even though you can't see or understand it right now. Do you trust me? Let's come down from the mountain and step into tomorrow together. We all know people who are living in the past and and it's sad. You know, Rob said it well in the video. He said, you know, he ran into that guy who, in college, who was telling stories, you know, about, oh, you remember this? You remember, remember when we did that? Remember when we went, you know, and, and, and he said, as he's getting more and more excited, partway through our conversation, he had this thought. That was 20 years ago, back that way. And it seemed as if he was still there, like he never lived, left, as if those were the best days of his life. When you think about your life, what was your best day, your best season, your mountaintop? We all know people who are holding desperately living in the past. That's sad. But we even know people who are desperately holding on to the present like they don't want to let go, right? Like Mary, post-Easter, held on to Jesus. Don't go. Let's go back to the way things were. And Jesus is like, don't hold on to me. Rather, open up and embrace the change that's coming because you're going to experience my presence and strength in a brand new way. And that's hard because it's scary to us. I mean, when you look at the future and you see pain or loss, which is, that's why we avoid or resist coming to terms with it, and it's natural. But you see, Jesus' message, which is the message of new life through loss, invites us to look at change in our lives in an entirely new way as the dawn of a brand new day. Did you notice the guy in the video? He drops his coffee cup as he's looking out the window. And it's like, it's like why, you know, what, what do you see? What, what's he looking at? Is it, you know, and he starts running. And you're like, is he running away from something, like out of fear? Or is he running towards something, like in, in hope? And it's only when he arrives on the beach with a handful of other people that we see what he's actually running towards. He's running towards the horizon where the sun's coming up. It's rising and it's the dawn of a new day. I mean, as, as we come to the communion table in a few moments, I'm going to ask you a, a very searching question. What loss... Or change are you facing in your life today? It, better question would be, what, what current loss or change 
are you facing that you need to believe is the promise of God leading you into something better? A new day ahead. On Wednesday, um, Jens and I ran into a woman on the street right here in Morristown across the street. And then she was like, hey, Pastor Tim. She's, and she's like, you know, what, what's happened at Liquid this Sunday? And I, you know, I told her, I said, oh, we're going to be, you know, celebrating communion, you know, fall kickoff. And it's kind of, and, and she was like, oh, that, 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 is, that is so great. I was like, yeah, we're going to kind of, you know, commemorate where we've been and where we're headed both personally and kind of as a church body. And, and she said, oh, that, that, and her eyes started welling up. And she's like, that, that's so, that's so great. And I was like, well, I like communion too, you know. Uh, I didn't know what. <laughs> What's kind of going on there? She goes, oh, no, no. She said, today, she goes, well. And she started beginning telling me about her 27-year-old younger brother, who was actually 27 seven years ago when he was in Tower One, when, when the plane hit, and uh, he was an accountant. He was 27 at the time. He was uncle to her son, and she started just telling me what it was like, and, and Jens and I got real quiet. We just listened, because all the emotion that day came, came flooding back, and I won't forget because she said... Seven years later, I'm still trying to make sense of his loss. Communion is about believing that loss is not all there is. That on the other side of tragedy is the miracle and promise of new life. When Jesus served his communion to the disciples for the first time, it was the night before his death. He invited them to put their trust in something they couldn't see yet. That, that these, right? This is my blood. What is blood? I mean, a symbol of, of pain. My body is going to be broken and taken. A symbol of loss. These are going to be the gateway tomorrow to something better. Something different. An entirely new life. That was the message Jesus gave his disciples the night before he was betrayed. He took the cup and said, this wine represents my blood. And the shedding of my blood will be for the forgiveness of your sins. I'm going to suffer so that you can live. Pain will be the pathway to new life. Scripture says that he actually took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body. It's going to be broken for you. I'm going to die and you will lose me. You're going to lose me. But on the other side of this weekend will be something better. I will be raised back to life, not put back together for the same kind of, of life, but an eternal kind of life that's no longer limited by pain and constraints and sin and suffering and death because this new life is indestructible. And if you can, and he held it out to them, if you can believe this, if you trust what I'm telling you, in fact, what I'm about to do for you, then you can have that kind of life too. One where loss and pain are not the worst that can happen to you. But just the opposite. That through trust in me, my Father will use it to carve a pathway to new growth. A deeper, richer kind of life than the one you've previously had. That's what communion is. At the communion table, Jesus invites all his followers to see something deeper about the kingdom of God. Adopt this larger perspective and see that, that the pain that accompanies any loss or change can actually be a gift. I give this to you as a gift. And it's like pain, loss, a gift? I mean, how, how, what, what? because, and this is hard truth, folks, this is hard. God often uses disruption in our lives to loosen our attachment on, on things, on, on people, on jobs, on, on, on circumstances, the things that we've grown accustomed to 
and dependent on and, and eventually wind up trying to preserve as the source of our joy and contentment. In John 16, just before his, his betrayal, Jesus said this. He said, because I have said these things, you are filled with what? Grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your what? Good that I'm going away. In other words, he said, I know you're sad that things are changing. Loss is hard. Not having me among you anymore, it's going to be hard. And I know you'd preserve this moment forever if you could. And that this is filling you with sadness. But I tell you the truth, it is for your what? Good that I'm going through this. And you sympathize with the disciples. Like, how could they possibly see any good that could come from what was about to happen to, to, to Jesus on the cross? They didn't understand that the secret of God's kingdom is that pain and loss are the pathway to new life. And on the other side of a tear, God promises, I'm going to do a new thing. It's going to be different, but it's going to be better than you can imagine because your vision is clouded with just grief and, and resistance right now. If you look at John 16, he actually explains in verse 20. I'll just read it to you. He says, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And then he tells this little story about a woman who's going to give birth. I just met a couple. They're, they're six months pregnant. Uh, and, they're, and they're very excited about this. But, but they're also a little scared because she's like, I'm just, I'm nervous. I, I'm not, I don't have a high pain threshold. You know, He's, Jesus says this, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into this world. And then he says, so with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Communion reminds us that Jesus had to travel the path of pain and loss and change in order to birth us literally into new life and that you and I must do the same if we're to be his disciples and actually follow in his footsteps in this life. What right now, today, and I know there are a thousand different stories out there, what current loss or change are you facing or, or going through right now in your life that maybe has you stuck? That you know what you need to do? The first thing is actually to grieve. Do you notice Jesus gives them permission to be sad? He says, you will grieve. Now's your time of grief. This is a fact. He doesn't ask them to kind of, you know, if you can just kind of push through it, uh, put on a happy face or ignore or deny that it hurts, he's like, you will grieve. Fact. What do you need to grieve in your life before you begin turning a page this fall? I, I, I like how Rob, Rob notes in the video, he, he asks a question, he says, life isn't static, is it? He says it ebbs and it flows and people grow up and they move away and they graduate and they lose their jobs and people you love die and some people get married and others don't and some get divorced and some get cancer and things aren't how they were. And then we remember Jesus' very great and precious promise here, your grief will turn to joy. On the other side of pain and hurt is actually something beautiful, like a mother goes through labor and, and moms are like, how is the intensity of this pain going to be surpassed by, oh, look at him. Oh, are you okay? Gotta stop. You look at him. Those of you who've been in the delivery room, you know, it's like, what just happened? Jekyll and Hyde, I don't. Folks, this is literally how God the Father works to grow Christ inside of us. Do you see this? This is how he does it. He leads us through pain and loss and through grief, through suffering into new life, a brand new life on the other side that we can't even picture. 
Because in the midst of it, we can't imagine there could be a joy greater than, than, than the anguish of what we're going through. So here's your invitation as we come to the communion table together in a few minutes. What current loss or change are you facing right now that has you stuck? Maybe living in the past. Or, or even just trying right now to control the present so it can, you can avoid or resist the pain or hurt that it's bringing. Maybe it's a biggie. Maybe it's a 9-11 in your life. Maybe it's a loss of, of someone you love, the loss of health. Or, or maybe it's a more modest trans- transition. Just your season of life is changing. You're starting a new career or a new school. <laughs> And, and that change has been hard. You, maybe you lost your network of friends or your, your family or you moved or a situation with your marriage or kids. Question, as you come forward to the communion table, would you be willing to come as an act of faith, expressing your desire today to believe in Jesus and trust him in a new way? That because of the cross, of what your Lord and Savior endured to bring new life, what you're going through is actually the guarantee and promise of something better to come. That's your act of faith as you come up here, that these elements represent a faith which actually saves in the real world. It's not just saves you eternally. Blood, the symbol of pain. Body, symbol of loss. The pathway to new life in the kingdom of God to growth that you've never touched before. That's literally how we're going to approach the Lord's table today. And... Um, just to make this personal, I want to invite all of us just to take out our connection card. This was a card that was in your bulletin. It looks like this. Would you take this thing out? Give you a pen as well. And we want you to write a personal note to Jesus as you come to his table. I'm going to give you time to do this in, in a song, a reflective time we'll have here in just a minute. But on the front, first, just write your, your name if you would. If it's your first time, welcome. Tell us that. But on the back... Just briefly, under prayer, what loss or change are you facing? What transition or change is looming, or maybe you're even in the midst of that, or, or you've gone through it, that maybe you're resisting? And would you be willing to write a quick prayer entrusting it literally to Jesus as you come to his table? You leave it here for him. Maybe you write, Jesus, I'm facing a difficult transition in my in my family and my job and honestly I can't see how it's going to be better than I previously had but I'm entrusting it to you I receive your blood and your body as the pathway to new life and I ask would you lead me in this process into joy if this is your I can't think of a better moment even right now if you're entrusting your life you've been coming for a while and you've never actually stepped into God's story you've liked what we've been talking about but this idea of actually entrusting your life and believing that it actually really begins with Jesus' death. If that's your moment today, oh, mark it down. Say, this is my moment. Jesus, come into my life. I receive your life into me. And trust you. Put my full trust in you. David is going to um, lead us just in a time of uh, reflection here. And as you reflect on the loss or change that you're facing, that you're going to leave right here at Christ's table, um, I just want to give you some time to write and express to God whatever's stirring in your heart.
But now the Let now our hearts burn. 
Lord, we thank you for your body broken for us, your blood shed for our sins. We thank you, Lord, that your loss was our gain, and now we follow you, Father. Lord, as each of your children come forward to receive these elements, Lord, into themselves, would you renew them with the mighty strength of Jesus Christ? Would you give them new eyes to see hope beyond loss? and their part in the eternal story you're telling. Pray that in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ. And all God's people said together, Amen. Amen.